Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. considered it and the more I you know wrote about it the more convicted I became because Jesus makes it clear here that God's command prohibiting murder actually has moral implications that go way beyond the physical act itself he goes deeper than the external world and reminds us that our Creator in heaven is concerned with our spiritual condition as it's reflected in our thoughts and attitudes. You may feel proud and good enough because you haven't killed anyone. Yet, as Pastor Robert points out today, Jesus taught that even hating someone is equal to murder. It is a condition of your heart. God is concerned with your heart. Evaluate your attitudes towards others today. Confess that to God and repent. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 5 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. You know, a few years ago, Pastor Andy Stanley uh, wrote a little book that as soon as I saw it, I thought, man, somebody should have written that years ago. I wish I'd thought of that. I would have written it years ago. Um, since nobody's perfect, how good is good enough? And the idea, you kind of get it, you know, if you're a believer, you kind of get it from the title, you know, how good is good enough? A lot of people will make a comment, uh, you know, and I've said it, maybe you've said it, I've certainly had it said to me, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. Well, what does that really mean? You know, what do we mean when we say that? And he, he explores that in this book. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up is that it, it fits in so much with where we are in Matthew chapter 5 right now. We were looking at Matthew 5.20, that's where we left off in the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus made that radical statement, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, there's no way you're getting into heaven. You know, and that's Robert's paraphrase. But, you know, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And and we talked about what he meant by that. And, and, um, the fact that basically what he was saying is that these, um, these two groups of people, these the scribes who were the religious scholars of the day, the religious lawyers of the day, the experts on the law of Moses, the Pharisees who were considered to be like the epitome of righteous living, the ultimate examples of righteous living, and Jesus called them out and said, no, they're not. They're not the ultimate example. And and in fact, their righteousness is not good enough. And what we're going to look at today in verses 21 through 26, he expands on that and explains it. It just, it brought this little booklet to mind. 
It's a great little evangelistic tool, you know, because people, that's a, that's a question people have. How good is good enough? And if you'll read through it and take some notes, you'll learn something and then pass it on to somebody else. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus said this, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, now the modern translation of that would be moron. Whoever says to his brother, you moron, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you worthless piece of scum shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you've paid the last penny. Now, I have to be honest with you guys. It took me a long time to write this sermon. The reason it took me a long time to write this sermon was that I was so personally convicted by it. I mean, it hits really close to home. I I tend to have a short fuse and a sharp tongue and going through this thinking, oh, Lord, Jesus, I'm so guilty of this. And the, the more I thought about it, the more I considered it, and the more I, you know, wrote about it, the more convicted I became. Because Jesus makes it clear here that God's command prohibiting murder actually has moral implications that go way beyond the physical act itself. He goes deeper than the external world and reminds us that our Creator in heaven is concerned with our spiritual condition as it's reflected in our thoughts and attitudes. Now, there are those who are convinced that all killing is wrong, that the taking of a human life is always sin. I disagree with that, but it's actually a a common Belief. I had a conversation with a police officer one time, and, and, and he, was, he was wrestling with it. He, you know, he was a fairly young believer, and, and he was telling me, he said, a, a pastor told me that if I had to kill someone in the fulfillment of my duty as a law enforcement officer, I would go to hell. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, help me to understand it, because what he said was, was that if... If, you know, if I found myself in a situation where I'm dealing with a criminal, a violent criminal, and I have to kill that person, I'm going to go to hell when I die. It's just part of the price I would have to pay, you know, for serving the rest of humanity. And I said, no, that's, that's, that's not accurate. That's a misapplication of the scripture. It's a misunderstanding of what the Bible says. And it comes from the old English translation in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. What the commandment actually says, the word that it uses means kill without a cause, murder, which is why consistently what you find in the scripture, like when Jesus here in Matthew chapter five, what he says is, you know, you've heard that it was said of old, if you kill without a cause, if you murder, but I say to you that if you call your brother an idiot without a cause, you're in danger. 
It's just, you see the idea? He's taking it deeper. He's taking it deeper. Jesus gives us some clarity on God's heart here in Matthew 5, 21 to 26. Because he, he refers us to that command that we should not kill without a cause. And, and he takes it to the next level. But I could give example after example of instances where God clearly condones and even commands the taking of a human life, even the annihilation of entire people groups. You know, sometimes people struggle with that. And, and it's, it's where sometimes the, the mindset has developed that, you know, the Old Testament God was full of wrath. He's just this angry, grumpy old God. And then the God of the New Testament, Jesus, well, he's all gentle and mild and sweet and forgiving. But that's a perversion. That's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is they're, they're one and the same. And that it's Jesus who will physically, himself, tread out the winepress of the wrath of God at the end of the age. And that the mercy of God is new every morning. That the Father's mercy is, is what motivated him. He sent Jesus into the world to make a way for us to be rescued, for humanity to be redeemed and forgiven. When God has proscribed war or wrath, you know, the, when he commanded King Saul to wipe out the Amalekites, he did so because they posed a threat. They were a danger to the rest of humanity. And, and you always see it's the goodness of God and the love of God that motivates the wrath of God. And if you remember that, it, it, it'll, it'll help give understanding in those times when you're struggling to see exactly what's going on. But one good example of God actually condoning the taking of a human life is Numbers chapter 25. In Numbers chapter 25, um, King Balak had sent emissaries to the prophet Balaam. He wanted Balaam to put a curse on Israel. And Balaam was like, you know, he was willing to take the money, but basically he said, I can't do it. I mean, they're blessed by God. I, I can't put a curse on them. And they go back and forth with this thing until finally the prophet says to the king, here's what I can do. It's like, I really want a payday. So I can't put a curse on them, but I can teach you how to basically manipulate them into cursing themselves. Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will have more to share from this study of Jesus' life from Matthew's perspective next time. For now, though, you can explore more of Pastor Robert's teachings online at MainThingRadio.com. Do you live in Miami? If so, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. We gather at 9 and 11 a.m. and 1 and 6 p.m. for worship and Bible study. If you're not able to join us in person, we would still love to have you be a part of our church family. Join us online for each service. We'll be live streaming on our church website. You'll find out more and be able to connect at MainThingRadio.com. Just click on About to find a link to our church homepage. We offer Spanish translation at some of our services as well. Visit our website to learn more. We'll also be streaming on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Miami Beach and be sure to like our page for the latest updates. We also invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Calvary Miami Beach. 
We'd love to hear from you too. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That number again is 305-531-2730. That's all for today. Tune in next time for more from the book of Matthew right here on Main Thing Radio.